0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Spurgeon College, author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. Have you ever wished that there was a one-stop shop for helping you read through the whole Bible from the important biblical theological perspective? Well, on today's episode, we're going to talk with one of my colleagues here at Midwestern Seminary, who's written an important new book called Scripture Storyline. Scripture Storyline guides the reader through the Old and New Testaments, showing how every section of Scripture is connected as part of a grand narrative of God's redemptive work. Old Testament passages are explained in terms of their place in God's story, and New Testament authors are used and interpreted uh, to make sense of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. New Testament passages include highlights on how important the Old Testament is for proclaiming the gospel and for understanding God's saving work. It's organized into 313 units of reading to be used as a companion for your daily time in the Bible. Reading one unit per day, six days per week, Scripture Storyline can also be used as a concise commentary to aid in comprehension and facilitate deeper discussion of the meaning of each unit and its place in the Bible's larger narrative. I'm grateful to have the author of Scripture Storyline with me today, Dr. Todd Shipman, He's on the podcast. He's an assistant professor of biblical studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and teaching pastor at the Masters Community Church in Kansas City, Missouri, and author of this brand-new book. Dr. Chipman, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, brother. Great to be with you.
0: Um, I, I don't want to assume, before we get going talking about the book specifically, that um, all of our readers even know what biblical theology is sometimes people hear that phrase and they think, "Well, what other kind of theology is there? Every theology is, it, you know, should be biblical, right?" But this is a specific category. I wonder if you could explain for our listeners who may not know what biblical theology proper uh, refers to.
1: Yes, Jared, and again, my pleasure to be with you today here in the For the Church podcast. What a blessing! When we think about biblical theology, there are different emphases that different authors will have uh, regarding this uh, interpretive grid, but generally most will recognize the importance of the progressive historical nature by which God has revealed himself in Scripture, Old Testament to New Testament. Now, underneath that, there are various themes and emphases that can come up, but generally speaking, it's the emphasis of a progressive historical flow and what happens previous is picked up later and helps us to understand. So there's a building and a drama. I know uh, for the For the Church podcast listeners in the the last uh, episode, talking about fiction and flow and those kinds of ideas and story, and that's what the Bible is from Genesis to Revelation. We begin in a garden and we end in a garden. Uh, so this... Uh, a broader flow of old to new, and then the climax of Jesus Christ's coming, the, the presentation of the Spirit in Acts 2 and the founding of the church. All of these are built on the promises of the Messiah, the nation of Israel as an historical people in the Old Testament, and that flow is important.
0: Yeah, what is um, Scripture Storyline doing that, that other works of biblical theology might not? It's, it, it's a pretty unique book.
1: Yes, what I have uh, noticed is that as the biblical theology movement has really picked up in several whole series of books that are being published uh, that are seeking to tease out biblical theological themes— Is there's a need still for introduction of biblical theology to uh, students, to people in the pews, with without a technical, uh, which can be at times intimidating presentation, but here's just your Bible and here's how it works. So the the broader story of Scripture storyline is 2006, Uh, so several years ago, my wife and I are reading through. The Bible using Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan, which mm-hmm. is a great plan, uh Scottish pastor revival under his ministry. And he wanted his people to be in the Word. And so he developed a, a plan to help them read through the the Bible. And it, it's a great plan, but it it moves around some. So you're in four different places every day. And that's, uh, that's helpful at times because there's always some freshness in places that you might feel dry in right, the Bible. Right. The problem is you have to do contextual analysis four times a day if you're reading through. And that's <laughs> right. very tough here. Yeah. Uh, James is different than Ezekiel. And if you're reading those the same day, it's tough to see where mm. you're at. So Thanksgiving, uh, 2006, uh, my wife and I have been reading through this. We had little kids. We're trying to help them read the Bible. I I looked at her and I said, you know, someone needs to develop a plan where you can get through the Bible in a year, but see the grand fix to this and, and see God's design in it. Maybe reading some bigger sections at times, but staying in one place, you can appreciate context. And she looked at me and said, why don't you do it? And I really didn't have an answer. Lives uh, are great
0: at that, aren't they? They <laughs> are. Yes, yes.
1: Uh, it's just the way that the the Lord has put marriage uh, together and encouragement. <laughs> and so I, I said, well, I'll give it a try. So that was a- around, it may have been the day before, day after Thanksgiving, something like 2006. But I, I started to work then for the rest of the year organizing these 313 units. And it's pretty much what it is now in, in published form and we had been when we were reading the machine reading plan using DA Carson's for the love of God it's a two volume work yes yeah uh, I've used that Crossway, before. Yeah. where he uh, Carson will comment on one of those passages or if there's a theme he'll he'll unite that theme and and bring it together across the passages very helpful but again it's just you you're having to move around in so many different contexts so i began to write some commentaries that could go with each days Reading section and worked on that. Got about a month ahead, and then 2007 just uh, plugged along. And uh, you know, Jared, as a writer, you have little (laughs) deadlines. Well, I had sort of daily deadlines to get this done. And the Lord enabled me, and my church was very supportive and appreciated it. And then just kind of uh, put it on a website, set it aside, let people enjoy it, and tried to punch out emails each day for those who wanted to read along. And then, uh, so, so this catches us up to the uniqueness of Scripture storyline today. Since 2006-2007, a number of books have been published on biblical theology. Articles, whole series have begun. With that, we've, I've noticed an increasing complexity to it, which yes. is helpful and nuanced, but for the student, for the newer Christian, Who's trying to read their Bible? If that's the approach, they can be intimidated, it can be overwhelming, and so uh, talking with Fontis Press a couple of years ago, they said, "Why don't we try to put this into a book form?" So we worked on it to try to clarify, to try to keep it simple, and the grid uh, is actually uh, from from in some ways reflecting uh, G.K. Beale and the idea of looking at the center column in a Bible and see where Passages are connected in, right. in a simple center column, and that's pretty much what Scripture storyline is. But connecting the dots between the two.
0: Yeah, what I like about the book is it the comprehensive example, right? Because as you said, so much uh, on, on biblical theology that has come out, um, you know, tells us what it is. Maybe you know how you might approach it, different tools, ways of looking, and you know how to read the Old Testament, different things like that, and. In terms of uh, you know Christ-centeredness and that kind of thing, but your book it 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 shows you you know the examples as as you walk through the scriptures like this is what it looks like you know passage by passage. So I'm curious. You mentioned when you began it and kind of the process of you know know, putting it online and talking to the publisher. Like, did you write every single day for uh, you know through the 313 or whatever units, or did you take some time off? How did you approach? Uh, the actual writing of the book itself? I did. So in
1: 2006, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I got about a month ahead. Okay. And then I just plugged on. And some days it was a day ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, But I had my father-in-law reading every day. And so I knew that I had to... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I had an editor you know, I yeah. did.
1: I had a, an active reader in my father-in-law who was very encouraging, and uh, others. So I just just punched out, and then the next year I went back, kind of cleaned things up a bit, and then I just left it alone until uh, it was about uh, two, three years ago, where Fontis Press contacted me and said, "Let's." I think there could be a market for this. So yeah. that's when we cleaned it well, up further.
0: I want to dive just another level deeper in that. So. What was that process like spiritually? Every every day you're producing, um, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of us at least try to have our, you know, Bible study time every day. But the idea of every day producing a a kind of a devotional commentary of sorts um, on the Word of God for that sustained period of time, how did that impact you personally? Because I know it's not just an intellectual or... You know, compositional exercise there.
1: Yes, it was. It was so rich. There were days, brother, in your pastoral hearts coming out here. I, I remember walking out of my office, literally in my in my church office, and walking down a hallway with tears in my eyes mm. because I was seeing how scripture fit together in contexts and in not just immediate context, but old to new. Yeah. And seeing the seriousness with which the New Testament writers handled the old, their care, their insight, and how they were operating from a Christ-centered grid. Now, that doesn't mean that they were not involved in thinking about the Trinity or the Spirit and His work, but the coming of Christ and what that meant for them, and the, mm-hmm. the death and resurrection of Jesus, the promise of His return, uh, cast such a shadow, and it brought me such hope. Uh, just seeing uh, God's jealousy for his name, seeing the way that he in his son has come near, Emmanuel, God with us. As we all begin to look toward Christmas in a year where we need hope, we find that hope in Jesus, in the New Testament, as it is explained in light of the old.
0: Yeah, the I, I think what you're touching on, too, is... Um, the. The experience of reading through the bible um, e- either you know chronologically or just you know reading through the whole Bible in in some kind of organized plan where you get through in a year you know the entirety of it um it's it's it it has a um, an impact that's unparalleled to simply spending time in your Bible every day, certainly we need to spend time in our Bible every day the the word is always active and, and it is sufficient for us. But that experience of kind of journeying through the story that God is telling and the way that he told it, mm-hmm. um, I think your book, you know, really aids people with that. Um, and the experience of the scriptures themselves, I, I think there's something about daily trekking through the mm-hmm. Bible. Th- that experience is important to understanding even the, the isolated text that you're reading, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. so why is... Why is our experience of the Bible um, perhaps as important or at least an a important you know, supplement to um, you know intellectually understanding what the words mean and, and that sort of thing?
1: I think it's because the rhythm of our lives. We are preachers hmm. who must sleep every day. There's a cycle set up in <laughs> Genesis of day and night, uh, in Genesis 1, and we are people who need to be renewed daily. And even if we know uh, an academic sense about the Bible, how it fits together, even in other original languages or looking at original manuscripts, we could know those kinds of things. But there's a sense in which we, because we are finite creatures and we have the spirit in us that longs for God's truth, the only way to be satisfied is to be chewing on it regularly. I think of Psalm 1, blessed is the man who, who uh, is, is seeking the Lord daily, who fears the Lord, who meditates on his word, and in whatever he does is, is successful in that sense.
0: Mm. If, if someone was new to this concept, right, they're, they're picking up your book because, oh, that sounds like a great you know, Bible reading plan or you know, it's going to help me understand the, the, the scriptures, but they're somewhat new to biblical theology and kind of what you're bringing out um, you know, from the text. What are some surprising things they might encounter in in their journey through the book? Um, Just some, you know, examples of themes or types, or just you know, things that you're bringing up, um, particularly in the Old Testament.
1: Yes, I think folks would be surprised at how important Daniel seven is. Okay, and the Son of Man. If there's one Mm. passage through which you could, and I mean this in a in somewhat of a technical, objective sense, if you're going to quantify the the hits that the New Testament hits on the Old. Daniel 7 would be very high. The The specific quotations would be Psalm 110.1. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the way that the Psalms on, on a whole are used yeah. very frequently to describe Jesus coming, they might be surprised at the importance of Psalm 69 and how it is used over and over, especially in describing Jesus uh, death and resurrection and the the surrounding events of that. So how the Psalms are important, how Daniel 7 is important, and many of these passages that I'm that I'm speaking about just now are these passages about hope. I think people would be surprised at how interested God is in giving us hope, not just rules.
0: Yeah. Um, is there, um, I, I don't know what your particular view of this is, but in terms of, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord, that sort of thing, do you highlight Christophanies and and that sort of thing? Or um, w- would that not be a feature, perhaps? <laughs> it, it would <laughs> be
1: a feature in the sense of, of teasing that out some, but I try to focus especially on places where there's an explicit quotation. Okay. So if there's uh, a place where the New Testament quotes the Old, as we look through the Old, I'm describing that context and then saying, here's the trajectory toward which it is headed. Uh, and then in the New Testament, looking back at the Old. Now, uh, there are allusions and, as well, the angel of the Lord experience or uh, the temple and how the temple is described in both Kings and Chronicles, and then Jesus speaking about the temple of his body in John 2, say. or So, I'll, I'll tease those ideas
0: out. Yeah, that's good. Uh, for ministry leaders or um, especially pastors, you know, that's um, kind of—it's not the entirety of our audience, but mm-hmm. it's, it's primary uh, core of our audience, uh, those who preach and teach and that sort of thing. Uh, wh- why is this subject important for them? Why can't they you know, do uh, without it? In, in
1: some ways, the introduction of my book and again, the story of Scripture Storyline could be helpful for them, and they experience this on a regular basis. So as I'm doing this Bible reading plan in 2006 with my wife and I make this comment and she uh, quips back at me, why don't you do it in a very encouraging way? So I started to work <laughs> through it. At the same time, I was preaching through Genesis. I had just begun to preach through Genesis, Sunday mornings, and Sunday evenings I was preaching through Galatians. Well, Any pastor preaching through Genesis, in short order, will have to make a decision about application. How am I going to apply here? Am I going to look at the patriarchs like Abraham's continual problems with deception? Am I just going to say, don't lie?
0: Right, right. children. I mean, the patriarchs
1: provide us a number of instances of what not to do. That's right. But Paul in Galatians, in chapter three, is talking about Genesis fifteen six. Abraham believed God. Yes. If we look at Hebrews eleven, it's their. It's not their failures. It's what they believed, and then their endurance. And so what I decided to do is I'm going to follow where these texts go into the New Testament, and I'm going to see how they get there. I'm going to see what the New Testament author is saying about those Old Testament passages, and let that be our grid of application. And what we find is there there are moral teachings in these patriarchs' lives and so forth, and we need to hit those. But the bigger story is what God is doing in history, despite their failures and the promises that He has made, and how structurally stable those are. In some ways, the I think the old and New Testament so it's sort of a closed system. It works. Mm. It, it It can't be interrupted. And that Old Testament to New Testament grid is where I get that idea. It's so strong and stable that it can hold up your life, pastor. It can hold up your church and it does. And so seeing that on a regular basis, but also as someone may use scripture storyline to read through in a year would be great, but they could come back to it or or maybe even just use it as a commentary. Let's say I'm doing a series in Hosea. Well, I often mention that many of the minor prophets, Hosea, Zechariah, if they're a fine piece of china and you take just a small hammer and you touch that fine china, it's going to break into a thousand pieces. Well, you do that with Hosea, and what breaks out is the New Testament. Mm. Haggai, the same. Zechariah. So if you're preaching through the minor prophets, which I would encourage if, if you've never jumped into that pastor, your, your church is ready for a feast. But something like Scripture Storyline can help you to see how those prophets, under the inspiration of the Spirit, are projecting the coming of Christ what is going to result from that and the hope that we have? That's fantastic.
0: Well, one thing that I've noticed, even among um, younger preachers or, 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 or beginning preachers, uh, or, or just preachers who are kind of new to like the gospel-centered thing, they, they want to preach Christ. They have this impulse or, or desire to preach Christ, um, but they struggle with f- um, the, the natural preaching of Christ from the text. It, it, you know, for some of them, it feels like a jarring, well, mm-hmm. I know I got to you know he mm-hmm. like makes a cameo at the end or yeah. something or something like yeah. that. And I think your book would be really helpful. I mean, just biblical theology in general, but your book would be really helpful, I think, in helping preachers mm-hmm. preach Christ from the text and not some kind of artificial imposition, um you know, a, you know, upon it, where there's not some kind of record scratch mm-hmm. moment in in the sermon. So I'm grateful for that. I think the 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 natural connection. I love the closed system. Um, you know, talk that you're using as well. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful for the book. I think it's going to help a lot of mm. preachers. Thank you. We've been speaking with Dr. Todd Shipman, author of the new book, Scripture Storyline, An Invitation to Biblical Theology. It's published by Fontis Press. You can pick it up wherever good Christian books are sold. Brother, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Mm.
1: Thank you, brother. My pleasure.
0: As always, dear listener, if you like the podcast, please share us with your friends. Review us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Every little bit helps. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.